Chapter 3.29, Part 5 of Personal Narrative of Travels to the Equinoctial Regions of America during the years 1799 to 1804, Volume 3, by Alexander von Humboldt. Translated by Thomasina Ross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3.29, Part 5. On the morning of the 11th March, we visited Cayo Flamenco. I found the latitude 21 degrees, 59 minutes, 39 seconds. The center of this island is depressed, and only 14 inches above the surface of the sea. The water here is brackish, while in other chaos it is quite fresh. The mariners of Cuba attribute this freshness of the water to the action of the sands in filtering seawater, the same cause which is assigned for the freshness of the lagunas of Venice but this supposition is not justified by any chemical analogy. The chaos are composed of rocks, and not of sands, and their smallness renders it extremely improbable that the pluvial waters should unite in a permanent lake. Perhaps the fresh water of this chain of rocks comes from the neighboring coast, from the mountains of Cuba, by the effect of hydrostatic pressure. This would prove a prolongation of the strata of Jura limestone below the sea, and a superposition of coral rock on that limestone. Note. Eruptions of fresh water in the sea near Baye, Syracuse, and Eridus in Phoenicia were known to the ancients. Strabo, Lib. 16, page 754. The coral islands that sound Radak, especially the low island of Otdia, furnish also fresh water. Chamiso and Kotzebues and de Kungsreisa, volume 3, page 108. End of note. It is too general a prejudice to consider every source of fresh or salt water to be merely a local phenomenon. Currents of water circulate in the interior of lands between strata of rocks of a particular density or nature at immense distances, like the floods that furrow the surface of the globe. The learned engineer Don Francisco Lemar informed me that the Bay of Jagua, half a degree east of the Jardinillos, there issue in the middle of the sea springs of fresh water two leagues and a half from the coast. These springs gush up with such force that they cause an agitation of the water, often dangerous for small canoes. Vessels that are not going to Jagua sometimes take in water from these ocean springs, and the water is fresher and colder in proportion to the depth whence it is drawn. The manatees, guided by instinct, have discovered this region of fresh waters, and the fishermen who like the flesh of these herbivorous animals find them in abundance in the open sea. Note. Possibly they subsist upon seaweed in the ocean, as we saw them feed on the banks of the Apure and the Orinoco, on several species of Panicum and Oplismentus, Camalote. It appears common enough on the coast of Tabasco and Honduras, at the mouths of rivers, to find the manatees swimming in the sea, as crocodiles do sometimes. Dampier distinguishes between the freshwater and the saltwater manatee. Voyage and Discrit, Volume 2. Among the Chaos de las Doches Leguas, east of Jagua, some islands bear the name of Menajos de Manati. End of note. Half a mile east of Cayo Flamenco, we passed close to two rocks on which the waves break furiously. They are at the Piedras de Diego Perez, latitude 21 degrees, 58 minutes, 10 seconds. The temperature of the sea at its surface lowers at this point to 22.6 degrees centigrade, the depth of the water being only about one fathom. In the evening we went on shore at Cayo de Piedras, two rocks connected together by breakers, 
and lying in the direction of north-northwest to south-southeast. On these rocks, which form the eastern extremity of the Jardinillos, many vessels are lost, and they are almost destitute of shrubs because shipwrecked crews cut them to make fire signals. The Cayo de Piedras is extremely precipitous on the side near the sea, and toward the middle there is a small basin of fresh water. We found a block of madrepore in the rock, measuring upwards of three cubic feet. Doubtless, this limestone formation, which at a distance resembles Jura limestone, is a fragmentary rock. It would be well if this chain of chaos which surrounds the island of Cuba were examined by geologists, with the view of determining what may be attributed to the animals which still work at the bottom of the sea, and what belongs to the real tertiary formations, the age of which may be traced back to the date of the coarse limestone abounding in remains of lithophyte coral. In general, that which rises above the waters is only breccia, or aggregate of madreporic fragments, cemented by carbonate of lime, broken shells, and sand. It is important to examine in each of the chaos on what this breccia reposes, whether it covers edifices of mollusca still living, or those secondary and tertiary rocks, which, judging from the remains of coral they contain, seem to be the product of our days. The gypsum of the chaos opposite San Juan de los Remedios, on the northern coast of the island of Cuba, merits great attention. Its age is doubtless more remote than historic times, and no geologist will believe that it is the work of the mollusca of our seas. From the Cayo de Piedras we could faintly discern in the direction of east-north-east the lofty mountains that rise beyond the Bay of Jagua. During the night we again lay at anchor, and the next day, 12th March, having passed between the northern cape of the Cayo de Piedras and the island of Cuba, we entered a sea free from breakers. Its blue color, a dark indigo tint, and the heightening of the temperature proved how much the depth of the water had augmented. We tried, under favor of the variable winds on sea and shore, to steer eastward as far as the port of La Trinidad, so that we might be less opposed by the northeast winds, which then prevail in the open sea, in making the passage to Cartagena, of which the meridian falls between Santiago de Cuba and the Bay of Guantanamo. Having passed the marshy coast of Camareos, note, here the celebrated philanthropist Bartolomeo de las Casas, obtained in 1514 from his friend Velasquez the governor, a good repartiamente de indios, grant of land so called. This he renounced in the same year from scruples of conscience, during a short stay at Jamaica. End of note. We arrived, latitude 21 degrees 50 minutes, in the meridian of the entrance of the Bahia de Jagua. The longitude the chronometer gave me at this point was almost identical with that since published in 1821 in the map of the Deposito Hidrográfico of Madrid. The port of Jagua is one of the finest but least frequented of the island. Quote, there cannot be another such in the world, end quote, is the remark of the coronista major Antonio de Herrera. The surveys and plans of defense made by Monsieur Lemore at the time of the commission of Count Haruco prove that the anchorage of Jagua merits the celebrity it acquired even in the first years of the conquest. The town consists merely of a small group of houses and a fort, Castellito. On the east of Jagua the mountains, Cerros de San Juan, near the coast assume an aspect more and more majestic, not from their height, which does not seem to exceed three hundred toises, but from their steepness and general form. The coast, I was told, is so steep that a frigate 
may approach the mouth of the rio guarabo when the temperature of the air diminished at night to twenty-three degrees and the wind blew from the land it brought that delicious odour of flowers and honey which characterises the shores of the island of cuba note cuban wax which is a very important object of trade is produced by the bees of europe the species apis latra columbus says expressly that in his time the inhabitants of cuba did not collect wax the great loaf of that substance which he found in the island in his first voyage and presented to king ferdinand in the celebrated audience of barcelona was afterwards ascertained to have been brought thither by mexican barks from yucatan it is curious that the wax of melipones was the first production of mexico that fell into the hands of the spaniards in the month of november fourteen ninety two end of note we sailed along the coast keeping two or three miles distant from the land on the thirteenth march a little before sunset we were opposite the mouth of rio san juan so much dreaded by navigators on account of the innumerable quantity of mosquitoes and zancudos which fill the atmosphere it is like the opening of a ravine in which vessels of heavy burden might enter but that a shoal placer obstructs the passage some horary angles gave me the longitude eighty two degrees forty minutes fifty seconds for this port which is frequented by the smugglers of jamaica and the corsairs of providence island the mountains that command the port scarcely rise to two hundred and thirty toises i passed a great part of the night on deck the coast was dreary and desolate not a light announced a fisherman's hut there is no village between batabano and trinidad a distance of fifty leagues scarcely are there more than two or three corrals or farmyards containing hawks or cows yet in the time of columbus this territory was inhabited along the shore when the ground is dug to make wells or when torrents furrow the surface of the earth in floods stone hatchets and copper utensils are often discovered these are the remains of the ancient inhabitants of america Note. doubtless the copper of cuba the abundance of this metal in its native state would naturally induce the indians of cuba and haiti to melt it columbus says that there are masses of native copper at haiti of the weight of six arrobas and that the boats of yucatan which he met with on the eastern coast of cuba carried among other mexican merchandise crucibles to melt copper End of note. at sunrise i requested the captain to heave the lead there was no bottom to be found at sixty fathoms and the ocean was warmer at its surface than anywhere else it was at twenty six point eight degrees the temperature exceeded four point two degrees that which we had found near the breakers of diego perez at the distance of half a mile from the coast the sea-water was not more than twenty two point five degrees we had no opportunity of sounding but the depth of the water had no doubt diminished on the fourteenth of march we entered the rio guaurabo one of the two ports of trinidad de cuba to put on shore the practico or pilot of batabano who had steered us across the flats of the jardinillos though not without causing us to run aground several times we also hoped to find a packet-boat correo maritimo in this port which would take us to cartagena i landed towards the evening and placed borras azimuth compass and the artificial horizon on the shore for the purpose of observing the passage of some stars by the meridian but we had scarcely begun our preparations when a party of small traders of the class called pulperos who had dined on board a foreign ship recently arrived invited us to accompany them to the town these good people requested us mount two by two on the same horse 
and as the heat was excessive we accepted their offer the distance from the mouth of the rio guaurabo to trinidad is nearly four miles in a northwest direction the road runs across a plain which seems as if it had been levelled by a long sojourn of the waters it is covered with vegetation to which the maraguam a palm tree with silvered leaves which we saw here for the first time gives a peculiar character note carifa miraguama probably the same species which struck messrs john and william fraser father and son in the vicinity of matanzas these two botanists who introduced a great number of valuable plants to the gardens of europe were shipwrecked on their voyage to havana from the united states and saved themselves with difficulty on the chaos at the entrance of the old channel a few weeks before my departure for cartagena End of note. this fertile soil although of tierra colorada requires only to be tilled and it would yield fruitful harvests a very picturesque view opens westward on the lomas of san juan a chain of calcareous mountains from eighteen hundred to two thousand toises high and very steep toward the south their bare and barren summits form sometimes round blocks and here and there rise up in points like horns a little inclined note wherever the rock is visible i perceived compact limestone whitish-gray partly porous and partly with a smooth fracture as in the jura formation End of note. notwithstanding the great lowering of the temperature during the season of the nortes or north winds snow never falls and only a hoar-frost escarcha is seen on these mountains as on those of santiago this absence of snow is difficult to be explained in emerging from the forest we perceived a curtain of hills of which the southern slope is covered with houses this is the town of trinidad founded in fifteen fourteen by the governor diego velasquez on account of the rich mines of gold which were said to have been discovered in the valley of rio arimao note this river flows toward the east into the bahia de Hagua. End of note the streets of trinidad all have a rapid descent there as in most parts of spanish america it is complained that the conquistadors chose very injudiciously the sites for new towns note it is questionable whether the town founded by velasquez was not situated in the plain and nearer the points of casilda and guaurabo it has been suggested that the fear of the french portuguese and english freebooters led to the selection even in inland places of sites on the declivity of mountains whence as from a watch-tower the approach of the enemy could be discerned but it seems to me that these fears could have had no existence prior to the government of hernando de soto the havana was sacked for the first time by french corsairs in fifteen thirty nine end of note at the northern extremity is the church of nuestra senora de la popa a celebrated place of pilgrimage this point i found to be seven hundred feet above the level of the sea it commands a magnificent view of the ocean the two ports puerto casilda and boca guaurabo a forest of palm trees and the group of the lofty mountains of san juan we were received at the town of trinidad with the kindest hospitality by senor munoz the superintendent of the real hacienda i made observations during a great part of the night and found the latitude near the cathedral by the spica virginis alpha of the centaur and beta of the southern cross under circumstances not equally favorable to be twenty-one degrees forty-eight minutes forty seconds my chronometric longitude was eighty-two degrees twenty-one minutes seven seconds i was informed at my second visit to the havana in returning from mexico 
that this longitude was nearly identical with that obtained by the captain of a frigate don jose del rio who had long resided on that spot but that he marked the latitude of the town at twenty one degrees forty two minutes forty seconds the lieutenant governor teniente governador of trinidad whose jurisdiction then extended via clara principe and santo espiritu was nephew to the celebrated astronomer don antonio uloa he gave us a great entertainment at which we met some french immigrants from san diego who had brought their talents and industry to spanish america the exportation of the sugar of trinidad by the registers of the custom-house did not exceed four thousand chests the advantage of having two ports is often discussed at trinidad the distance of the town from the puerto de casilda and the puerto guarabo is nearly equal yet the expense of transport is greatest in the former port the boca del rio guarabo defended by a new battery furnishes safe anchorage although less sheltered than that of the puerto casilda vessels that draw little water or are lightened to pass the bar can go up the river and approach the town within a mile the packet boats correos that touch at trinidad de cuba prefer in general the rio guarabo where they find safe anchorage without needing a pilot the puerto casilda is more enclosed and goes further back inland but cannot be entered without a pilot on account of the breakers arrecifes and the mulas and mulatas the great mole constructed with wood and very useful to commerce was damaged in discharging pieces of artillery it is entirely destroyed and it was undecided whether it would be best to reconstruct it with masonry according to the project of don luis de bassacourt or to open the bar of guarabo by dredging it the great disadvantage of the puerto de gasilda is the want of fresh water which vessels have to procure at the distance of a league we passed a very agreeable evening in the house of one of the richest inhabitants don antonio padron where we found assembled at a tertulia all the good company of trinidad we were again struck with the gaiety and vivacity that distinguished the women of cuba these are happy gifts of nature to which the refinements of european civilization might lend additional charms but which nevertheless please in their primitive simplicity we quitted trinidad on the night of the fifteenth march the municipality caused us to be conducted to the mouth of the rio guarabo in a fine carriage lined with old crimson damask and to add to our confusion an ecclesiastic the poet of the place habited in a suit of velvet notwithstanding the heat of the climate celebrated in a sonnet our voyage to the orinoco on the road leading to the port we were forcibly struck by a spectacle which our stay of two years in the hottest part of the tropics might have rendered familiar to us but previously i had nowhere seen such an innumerable quantity of phosphorescent insects note cocuyo a later noctilusus End of note. the grass that overspread the ground the branches and the foliage of the trees all shone with that reddish and movable light which varies in its intensity at the will of the animal by which it is produced it seemed as though the starry firmament reposed on the savannah in the hut of the poorest inhabitants of the country fifteen cocuyos placed in a calabash pierced with holes afford sufficient light to search for anything during the night to shake the calabash forcibly is all that is necessary to excite the animal to increase the intensity of the luminous discs situated on each side of its body the people of the country remark with a simple truth of expression that calabashes filled with cocuyos are lanterns always ready lighted 
they are in fact only extinguished by the sickness or death of the insects which are easily fed with a little sugar-cane a young woman at trinidad de cuba told us that during a long and difficult passage from the mainland she always made use of the phosphorescence of the cocuyos when she gave suck to her child at night the captain of the ship would allow no other light on board from the fear of corsairs as the breeze freshened in the direction of northeast we sought to avoid the group of the caymans but the current drove us toward those islands sailing to south one quarter southeast we gradually lost sight of the palm-covered shore the hills rising above the town of trinidad and the lofty mountains of the island of cuba there is something solemn in the aspect of land from which the voyager is departing and which he sees sinking by degrees below the horizon of the sea the interest of this impression was heightened at the period to which i here avert when st domingo was the centre of great political agitations and threatened to involve the other islands in one of those sanguinary struggles which reveal to man the ferocity of his nature these threatened dangers were happily averted the storm was appeased on the spot which gave it birth and a free black population far from troubling the peace of the neighbouring islands has made some steps in the progress of civilization and has promoted the establishment of good institutions puerto rico cuba and jamaica with three hundred and seventy thousand whites and eight hundred and eighty five thousand men of colour surround haiti where a population of nine hundred thousand negroes and mulattoes have been emancipated by their own efforts the negroes more inclined to cultivate alimentary plants than colonial productions augment with a rapidity only surpassed by the increase of the population of the united states End of chapter three point twenty nine